Hello and welcome to episode 182 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. Good, good. We are back with a different film this week. Um, yeah. So just right at, the start, <laughs> right at the start of the episode, obviously, if you'd have listened uh, last week where we talked about The Grudge, what a hell of a time that was. Mm. Can't believe that was only a week ago. I'm still exhausted from that one. Yeah, um, I know. But uh, we were looking forward to The Turning. Um, which we were of- going to watch The Turning. <laughs> more, <laughs> more accurate. Um, but yeah, we were going to watch it. And obviously it came out in the same day on the UK. What a great idea that was yeah. um, from these Cheers, companies. Cheers, UK. Yeah, and uh, but uh, our local cinema had different thoughts because <laughs> they only had it on for a week. Um, yeah. Canned it after a week. And to be yeah. honest, I've heard a few things. I've like seen a few things online. I feel like we might have dodged a bit of a bullet there. Like We took one for the grudge. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get to it later on this year or who knows. I, not, but, no. um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the movie has completely and utterly bombed because um, we yeah. talked about how The Grudge had made a little bit of money with a, with a minuscule mm. budget, whereas The Turn-In has made no money at all. Mm. Like it had fairly big marketing with a couple of big names in it as well. And um, yeah, it did absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll get to that in the future, but yeah, if not, we always have Arrow Video has our backs as well we as Fight Fest. Um, we so we're going to be talking about Harpoon, and if you have no idea what this movie is, then we will uh, explain when we get to Strapping our discussion. guys. Yes. Um, but first, there's a couple of news stories here, and I just I pulled some random stuff. Um, I don't know if either of us will have much to say on it. Um, there's a couple of things that I don't really care about, but you might, and then if you don't, we'll just move on sh- uh, swiftly. Um okay. First up, uh, this one's confusing. I don't know if you saw this, like, Eli Roth news going around. Um, no. So it's basically the news story that was uh, deadline and bloody disgusting. They said um, that he's doing this project called Clown Apocalypse. Now, when I was reading the news stories, they made it seem like that was already a property or something that, you know, he's dabbled in before. Right. Um, I did a quick bit of Googling. I couldn't really find too much about it. Like, because I know he did those, like, live horror experiences oh, in yeah, vegas yeah. and stuff but i don't think yeah. it's one of those right. um but anyway the news is that he's kind of um producing this thing called clown apocalypse that is kind of mm. it's going to be loads of different projects so it's going to be a film and a video game and loads of different other stuff they said also a live event short series merchandise obviously mm. um so it's it's this weird announcement where they're like they're going to be doing all of these different things basically yeah um, he's like i know pennywise is everywhere yeah let's just turn everything into a clown product yeah for sure um but yeah he said so his one quote is um he said uh what did he say from the concept to the art like clowns right (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um let's make some money um from concept to art to the gameplay every step of the way no one has ever been no idea has ever been too crazy and they've executed it at the highest level for years i've had people tell me you can't do that in a game it's too insane and i finally found uh, partners who said let's take this a step further it feels like we're making a Could game you... a movie a live experience with no parental supervision or studio to tell us to tone it down and that's the only way to create something spectacular and memorable um hey, so so... that sounds a lot more like he's making a game yeah it does doesn't it yeah. um but obviously yeah i think i i pulled that quote because i thought that was an interesting one but it is it is being said as like you say a supposedly a, a feature film a game mm-hmm. and in a live event whatever that means um, i mean i, I started I, I went on a bit of a journey i'm not gonna lie right. like i started off feeling excited that eli roth was being mentioned because the yeah. guy is just you know a legend and then then i started to feel a little bit tilted because i'm just not 
on board for like these weird experiences, especially if it's like a live event. I'm like, oh great, so I've got to fly to Las Vegas, to, like experience yeah. your full package, whatever you're trying to produce here. Yeah. Um, but then kind of full circle when I think like, oh, this sounds like it's just a video game. Like this could be cool. Who was it that um put his hands to it? Oh, Clive Barker. Yeah. Back in like kind of the what was it like PS2 era? There was a couple of like these really weird horror mo- horror games that came mm. out that were like Clive Barker inspired ones, and I picked them up and like they were they were messed up. They weren't like phenomenal, but they were yeah. cool. Like um, I pray this is not VR. Um, it sounds and, like VR. Yeah, that's my only worry. Because um, obviously, when he's talking like live action and that sort of thing, like we've we've experienced that with the uh, was it the Resident Evil kitchen demo yes yeah that was like phenomenal but i just don't want to play vr because it Mm. just just being in a room in vr kind of makes me want to vomit like i just can't handle it so yeah um yeah but we'll see like yeah it's a weird one obviously we haven't really got to talk too much about eli and it was weird like a couple Mm. of years ago when he had two films come out and we didn't cover either of them um yeah yeah, uh, the yeah, Death Wish was the one that was kind of like a thriller esque uh, mm. film. Um, I tried to get you to go see that. <laughs> yeah, but that that was definitely uh, one that came out when there was a lot of other stuff coming out. Yeah, um, uh, and yeah, we just haven't revisited. And then he did that other like uh, kids horror film, Oh, House um, with the Clock in the Walls, or yes, something like that in it, um, which yeah. did look cool. And I think it did come to Netflix. And it was yeah. one I did want to just sit down and watch one night. Cause I'm sure. It'd yeah, be I wanted to put that on. This was Jack Black as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah, like this, uh, it all sounds ambitious. Like obviously, we would love for him to just make a horror movie. Yeah. Um, the game stuff to me is always like because obviously we're huge horror fans and we're huge gamers. But when it yeah. comes to horror games, um, yeah, I there's, don't there's, like a lot of it. There's a franchise in a league of its own, you know. Yes. And then and then and then below that we have Silent Hill that is dead, and then mm-hmm. we and then we have everything else. Yeah, like, and especially, like, because this sounds very indie, and, like, mm. I don't want to uh, paint a broad brush, but for me, like, 99% of indie horror games are just complete and utter trash. Um, yeah. You so get the odd, like, Outbreak or whatever. Yeah, like, Outlast. Outbreak? And, outlast, like, sorry, yeah. yeah very occasionally, you get one or two that stand out, and they become, like, yeah. a big developer after that, but it's like, God, it's so rare. Like, the amount of just shite that comes out on PC, yeah. like, every week... That is just this kind of like everyone owns a slender man ripoff yeah it's all this like yeah and like that bloody five nights at freddy's crap it's all just like that like trying to get these like youtubers to jump scare reaction mm. like it's it's yeah. awful um yeah but uh yeah we shall see on this one um Next up, this is a really weird story. Um, there's a lot to unpack regarding um, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> no, um, oh. the the thing. Okay, R- remember that movie. I mean, which version are we talking about? <laughs> so, so this is to do with all of them. So, strap yeah. in because this is this is a very convoluted story. Um, so, for people that don't know, obviously, John Carpenter's The Thing is like the most famous version of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there was a movie before that called The Thing from Another World in 1951. Um, they were both adaptations of a short novella called Who Goes There, um, which was published in 1938. Um, issue of a, of a of outstanding science fiction um mm-hmm. so what extrapolated from that is and this is like a side story before we get to the actual news of it is that <laughs> 
um he so that was a short story but then at a couple of years back this guy went to kickstarter because they'd found like all this unused uh, apparently manuscripts and stories where it was going to be a full-length novel that he then shortened to get published in this comic book um or, or uh, magazine rather and um and then obviously then it became you know this other massive thing that obviously mm. got adapted into a film well obviously he did his kickstarter and it's, it's, it's titled frozen hell is the name of the full novel who, that- who did the kickstarter um a guy called john bentoncourt and i'm not sure what his uh right, connection his to the story is, is. Okay. yeah um but yeah he kind of did that it was a success people dug it and then obviously he's now announced in the past week which is what the actual story is is that Bloomhouse and universal studios have picked it up to adapt it into a film um what they mean exactly so it's it's very confusing because they are adapting frozen hell which is the longer version of the short story which then got adapted into two movies most notably john carpenter's the thing mm. um so how on earth you market that to a film crowd I heard i heard as well that it's going to be a sequel to dr sleep as well <laughs> yeah and they're <laughs> going to change the end into the end of the shining um but uh because stephen king was mad um but uh <laughs> i wasn't even gonna go there bro like i'm over it now <laughs> i'm not over it um but uh <laughs> but yeah this is like a wild news story like it's in wild and, in and of itself we're not, we're not seeing this movie <laughs> them just picking up this novel or whatever sounds cool but i genuinely wonder like how on earth you market this are they going to try and remotely tie this to the thing movies in any sense i mean it's weird that they're yeah i don't even know where to unpack it because like they've picked up a novel of a short story for a novel that doesn't exist yet so we don't know what the novel's like but it's heavily linked to like a major you know franchise carpenter movie but they oh, i don't i don't know man i don't even know how you, i mean i think you stay away from it <laughs> Yeah. But then, like, if you stay away from it, what's the cachet? But, like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it depends how much they pick this up for. Like, if they picked it up for, like, you know, 50 quid and was just like, well, <laughs> we'll chuck another few million at it and, like, you know, one of our little five million turnarounds, then fair play, you know. But Yeah, they probably will because it's blue. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. There's a quote here which I did want to read because I just read it and it's really funny. So uh, the producer apparently shared this on Facebook over the past week. He said, it's official. I received my signed contract and first check. I am executive producing a remake, a remake of The Thing, but with additional chapters of John uh, Campbell's groundbreaking novel, Frozen Hell, that that had been lost for decades. Now, for the first time ever, Campbell's full vision will be realized on the big screen. The new film will include the very best of RKO's The Thing from Another World. That's the original. (laughs) John Carpenter's classic The Thing and both books, Frozen Hell and Who Goes There? (laughs) Oh, my God. That is an amazing quote. (laughs) That's an amazing quote. I'm sorry. Like, what? Please stay away. (laughs) Yeah, please. Like, just stay away, pal. Don't do it. Like, yeah. I feel sorry for this screenwriter already who has yeah. to somehow adapt, like, what I is mean, it, talking f- four pieces of fiction at this point into one? I mean, I'm not going to lie, if Wyatt Russell is not in this movie, I'm not yeah. watching it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, like, that, that's the hill I'm going to die on. Like, if yes, he's in it, like, I'm Oh, in. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm all yeah, the way with you. Like, if, if, there's a, if he's not in it, I'm out. If that character, which I'm assuming will be in the story, then yeah, yeah like, he is if the that's only not guy. Wyatt Russell, I'm out. <laughs> hundred yeah. percent um but stay tuned that was actually a more entertaining uh, news story than i expected um next up this one's definitely all on you because i don't really have too much to say about this one i mean um, do i need to pour a whiskey or something like get the, you the might fire need to because i don't even know if you've seen this movie um <laughs> have you well, seen I'm the lot ha- for like a movie i haven't seen bro <laughs> have you seen the lost boys 
Yeah, boys. That's Do you like one. the Lost Boys? Yeah, I like the Lost Boys. So, um, because I feel like I put this on here. I don't here want any more Lost Boys. <laughs> okay, because I want, I want, I kind of want to put this on here to then make my, um, my admission that I have uh, never okay. seen the Lost Boys. Um, yeah, bro, I was with you. Like, I didn't. I, I only saw that movie like when I was like, I, I need to see this movie. Yeah, like I really should because yeah. it sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it um, lived up to my expectations as well. Yeah, which was something for like, especially something that has that level of hype behind it. Yeah, it is a cult like not beyond cult it's just like oh a, it's so a, huge it's everyone like, yeah, loves it exactly like people outside of the genre it's just one of those like moment in time movies really but it lived yeah, up like it for me yeah i've seen obviously loads of images from it and i know mm. the cast and everything and the general plot yeah. so i'm sure i would enjoy it i definitely want to check it out but the, the <laughs> news story is that kind of um they're trying TV to do a tv show. series yes oh, cool. um yeah. which sounds like a mess it's from the cw is the is the channel and um they've basically the story is they filmed a pilot um mm-hmm. i'm not sure when i think it was last year but don't yeah. quote me on it and that didn't go ahead um so they've scrapped that and then they're retooling it with a completely new cast and they're mm. attempting to make another pilot um ahead it's of, ahead of a potential uh, series like in terms of like all the franchises that have had like that you know tv shows and that like mm. i could see the lost boys like being good and working yeah. in some ways it's just that it doesn't infuse me because like you know, the Lost Boys is a premise and like these vampires, like the kid moving to a small town and it's like, you know, this underground of vampires and that yeah. like it it reminds me of like, you know, like like True Blood back in the day, man. Yeah. True Blood Blood. What a show. Like we've never talked about True Blood, have we, on this podcast? No, like, I don't think so. But like, my God, I love that show. I never and, finished like, it and I've really wanted to. Not? Or something. Oh, no. No. I don't so know when good. I dropped like, off. It, it was quite it late in the game. Yeah, like it definitely had its ups and downs and it definitely kind of, you know, got a bit weaker in, in, you know, part of it. But I love that show. And yeah. like, for me, like this idea of... Um, Did you watch it all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you like and how it I, ended? Yeah, I, I thought I enjoyed it. Like, I remember kind of like the final parts quite vividly, which is always good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I, I spoke about it recently when we saw like Bliss and stuff that like I think vampires are like the thing that's going to like hit again soon it just feels like something that's going to happen and like there's talks like blade and obviously Mm. the um the marvel weird one not the marvel one the sony pictures weird one oh morbius uh, yeah morbius yeah and obviously like if horror then jumps into that and we get a lost boys tv show i can see us watching a lot of vampire stuff I completely agree. I think it's one of the biggest things right now that is missing from like general mm. pop culture of like, I, I'm blown away that there isn't just like a massive um, vampire thing because much like zombies, they've yeah. always been popular in different forms. Yeah. You know, whether it was the really gritty stuff or the old school stuff, whether it was the more twilight focused mm. and then going into like true blood and stuff. And it does to me anyway. And I completely agree with you. Like once blade comes out in a few years, yeah. that movie is going to hit massively. I don't think people understand how big that film's going to be um, with Mahershala Ali as blade. And it's Marvel who can't put a foot wrong right now in terms of their film space. Oh, it's gonna be banging. Um, yeah, for <clears throat> sure. So like, I think that's going to be massive. Yeah. And I agree with you. Like they're clever trying to like, if they have the rights to this or whatever, they can yeah. take their time keep, a little bit. Keep cycling, keep cycling and wait until that pop happens. Cause I feel like it's going to happen. I mean, I had hadn't even thought of it like the the bbc dracula that we've been yeah. speaking about like mm-hmm. like literally you know it's already starting to come into play like 
We shall talk about that later. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, man. Spoilers. Yes, I finally finished it. Um, But yeah, I agree. This is an interesting one. I definitely Mm. just want to watch The Lost Boys now. Like, I don't know if there's a decent Blu-ray release in the UK. I'll have to look it up. Mm, This is one of those ones that I would want to, like, for a first-time viewer now, like I did with Carrie, I want to watch it, and then I want to watch all the the behind-the-scenes, and then I want to watch the cast and crew looking back on it. However, when did the movie come out? Do you know, like, vaguely? Early 90s, I guess. Um, so it was obviously like there's a, there's at least like 20, 25, 30 years removed from it. Yeah, so like, I think it's, I think really it's like stuff. late 80s, maybe like 88, something. Oh, it's definitely late 80s because it was on the 80s horror doc. Yeah, 87. Late 80s. 87, yeah, 88, yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so there's like, yeah, I'm sure that there is plenty of awesome special features out there and, you know, like yeah. the fandom as well. Like, I would like to see a special feature on that because it does have like people that are, you know, this is their favorite movie. And I, I always love that aspect of it as well. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, yeah. like, I, I have Arrow, to look it up. up. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see anything on Amazon. It just looks like a regularish Blu-ray. It doesn't, oh, look, any, it doesn't look anything any special. Yeah, because it would have been, what would it have been, the four-year mm-hmm. Annie, like a couple of years back. Yeah, it? I mean, there is a retrospective documentary on it, to be right. fair and like some other stuff but it just doesn't look like a super exciting version i'll have to i'll have to look it up um yeah, yeah and finally i just saw this one um before we went on air um it's mm. rather interesting because i'd forgot this was even a thing um mm. but apparently we must have spoke about it last year that netflix are doing a tv series for resident evil um yeah <laughs> did we not know what it was going to be because i i was worried it was going to be like anime yeah, I think it was going to be live action, but I right. don't think we know anything past that. We just no. know that apparently Netflix were going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if we even knew that for certain, whether it was going to be live action. But yeah, anyway, carry on. I mean, I, like you say, I couldn't even remember us talking about this. Like, mm-hmm. I vaguely remember it when I started reading this story now of like, oh, yeah. Like, because obviously they did Witcher and that was really successful. Um, mm. So they're obviously trying to get into like, I think that's a really interesting space for Netflix to work in as well. Like, we've seen so many of these big blockbuster attempts at film. Uh, uh, video game franchises that just always bomb like the assassins creeds and the you know tomb raiders and stuff and so i think that's it's a clever place to netflix to work in to be like let's take these franchises and make them into tv shows instead i think as Um, well though we're at a point now where people who grew up as gamers are old enough to be making movies like mm -hmm. when these first video game adaptations came out like the guy that was given the script for doom he was like fuck's doom okay let's (laughs) get the rock like you know and luckily he got the rock in it so it turned out banging but like you know they they had no idea what these video games were, whereas like now hopefully the filmmakers coming in will have grown up playing these games and will actually have some kind of nostalgia and want to, to do them right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like we're now getting to that point where we saw the wave about a decade ago where all the people that grew up on Star Wars, you know, that was their exactly. favorite thing and so they wanted exactly. to make a Star Wars movie. And yeah, yeah, we're definitely seeing that now where yeah, for sure. Like people are going to grow up with um, like the guy. Is it? Um, I think his name's Jordan uh, Vogt or Voigt Roberts, who did um, uh, Godzilla. Right. Um, obviously, he's like a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, and he's the one that's attached to that oh, movie that yeah. really wants to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, and, which sounds um, awesome. Like everything he said sounded epic. Yeah, like he. If that, I don't possibly think for no, once. No. That I think that movie's going to get on the ground, and it's a shame because I do think he's no. wasting his time. But he is the one guy that you'd want on that because he is the Metal Gear Solid super fan, who is also an amazing film director. Mm. <laughs> so it's mm. like it's a match made in heaven. Um, but yeah, to get to this actual story, kind of 
again, take this with a pinch of salt. This is kind of like some sort of leak, but apparently a, a fan site who worked to uncover a lot of information on the Witcher Netflix series before um, have uncovered some stuff about Resident Evil. And it's it kind of looks like a listing, like a production shoot schedule that yeah. they found um, on a website. And nice. so it says um, Resident Evil TV series. When does it say the word nemesis? <laughs> it doesn't say too much. It just says that they're, uh, they're in early pre-production. It apparently says that there's going to be eight one-hour episodes um yep, it says that right. they're gonna it says that they're gonna start prepping in april and then shooting between june and october in this year and they will be filming in south africa um okay. which is where a lot of Ooh. different productions happen as well um okay. but uh yeah that's pretty much it so it looks like we're gonna hopefully hear more information in the near future obviously if they're starting pre-production in the next couple of months um I'm, but... mate, I'm not i'm not gonna lie like my resident evil hype is just off the fucking charts like <laughs> yeah. you just just telling me there's a netflix tv show i'm like just give it to me i'm yeah. so excited like it can't be rubbish did you see the rumors incredible. for resident evil 8 as well yeah man like i honestly <laughs> i honestly can't like yeah. take it because i'm just, I just like want it all. It's, it all sounds yeah, so good. everything everything that they they're saying right now just sounds so hype and i want it all because i just like three is so close <laughs> they have been on such a tear as well with their last <laughs> yeah, exactly. two games and they're just it feels like they're really not putting a foot wrong and so if they do like like say the the free remake first and foremost just just get that yeah. out of the way and make sure they do that right because that's yeah, going to be yeah. very difficult but i have faith um and then yeah if a netflix series comes and a potential resident evil 8 as well like oh my god it's so awesome yeah um but yeah i'd love it if they went into like i'm we're going into the video game right now but if they went into like remake numbered sequel kind of pattern so like because yeah. obviously like some of the some of the sequels now like obviously we've only really got veronica four and potentially to do one again maybe like yeah. where else would they go so like all of those zero are and zero yeah i guess zero yeah and like they're smaller projects all of them yeah. so like they could kind of churn them out as they're doing the next numbered ones obviously four is difficult because do you just how what treatment do you give that but i feel like with one veronica and zero like they're much easier projects to undertake yeah um, like like two and three were the obvious step and uh, yeah. i feel like after yeah, that those it, were dead like and then yeah. they built the re engine it just seems like you could easily turn out a veronica well it definitely becomes a case of like what would they want to do next because i agree with you code veronica x to me seems like the easy one um in terms mm. of the game that it is now i think in terms of financial, though, RE4 remake would be massive, yeah. but that is, I think, That's impossible. <laughs> because that game, to me, is still, like, as perfect as it was in 2004. And so, like, I don't know how you possibly tackle a remake of that game in any way, shape, or form. But, no. Like, I'd be curious to see what they would do, whether yeah. it would just be like a pretty version of it, which I wouldn't be against, you know, in the current RE engine, like you say, I think it's the best engine in games today. Um, but it would be interesting to see that anyway. Um yeah, I think they'd do it, man. Like they're that ballsy that they would they would actually just go for a full remake of it. They wouldn't mm. just up-res it. I think they'd go for it. Yeah, it wouldn't be an up-res. It would just be, I think, very similar. You know, because it would control yeah. the same. It would have the same story, and you know, it would just be very, very pretty in that engine. Because um, mm. I feel like once you start changing stuff for that game, it's like that's, that's a difficult ask. I feel like they'll change stuff. I feel like if they do it, they'll. they'll I'm they'll already getting worried. Do about it like they've done free. <laughs> Mate, I have, I have zero worries. Well, because we had some conversations off air about what they might potentially change in that game, and um, yeah. it does make me nervous. Because like, I just want 
I want what they did with two, but with three, um, because yeah. they did it to me perfectly. They changed small things, but it very much felt like RE2 to me. And there's there's certain things that you can't change for me in RE3. They're changing um, the ending, man. They're changing the ending. They can't, they can't do it. I still want there to be choices as well, but I don't think they will. Oh, I don't want choices. choices. I do. Not I really, want I really like it. I think it gives that game such a like a different flavor. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to that stuff. It's so close as well. Like it yeah. feels like this thing that's like miles away, and it's like it's only. Like oh, you mean like choices away. like the whole fight nemesis, not fight nemesis yeah. thing? Oh yeah, and no, I'm down for that. I thought you meant like real big major plot choices, and that's no, like even they like, don't even have to have any real relevance. Yeah, no, no, I'm happy to be like, oh, do you want to fight him and get a cool handgun, or do you want yeah. to bolt it? Yeah, no, I want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, do you jump off the bridge or do you stay and fight? You know, stuff like yeah. that. I, I like yeah. that. Jump out the window or set the place on fire. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, no, I like that definitely. Especially I thought, because I obviously, thought you meant actual new like story branching changes, you know. Yeah, not massively, but I do think that will one. help because obviously RE3 is a much smaller game and that would yeah. massively help with that in regards to like, they can be like, oh no, 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 there are like six distinct choices in the game and yeah, they don't change the story dramatically, but if you want to see how those different fights mm. with Nemesis play out, then you're going to have to play the game at least twice. So I yeah. think that would be really cool as well. Um, we should but probably today. talk about Harpoon, man. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> Just a brief addendum as well, because I have to bring up Saw now every single week. Um, no. I have I have been on it every single day. I can't stop thinking about this movie right now. Um, the rumor mill has been going overdrive in the past week. Like Everyone thought that there was going to be a teaser during the Super Bowl. Um, which didn't happen, and then it was supposed to come out on Monday, which didn't happen. <laughs> but it'll so, drop. It'll drop tonight. Like, I was going to say there are still a lot of people that that apparently have trustworthy sources, which I never know. Um, say that it's the marketing campaign for this movie still starts this week at some point, whether it's a title, a teaser poster, or a, a mini trailer. So fingers crossed. By next week, when we're talking, we're going to have a whole host of stuff to talk about with Saw. Um, I'm excited to see like the journey you go down more than anything. If I'm, if I'm, I'm just honest. so excited now. Like, I've got the saw box set sitting here next to me, and I'm like already like right. I'm definitely going to rewatch them all again. Like I'm just I'm so hyped, man. I cannot wait. I fell into a rabbit hole of watching like old James Wan and Lee Winnell interviews around when Saw came out. Yeah, it's just got me so nostalgic, man. It's all it's so awesome. Yeah, um, I mean nostalgia is a powerful thing, man. Like <laughs> it really look at Ghostbusters Afterlife and me. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a good movie we're talking about. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, should we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Harpoon. So yeah, like we obviously said uh, at the start of the show, a little bit of change of plan talking about this movie. Um, We may have mentioned it on the show a while ago, um, but I'm not too sure if we have. Um, I don't know whether we have. Like, I don't know whether it has ever... I think probably when it got announced. Oh, I think we did speak about it when Arrow kind of announced the release schedule of this and kind of Serial Killer's Guide to Life and stuff. Yeah, so obviously they, um, obviously as well as putting out their old classic movies, have been picking up a lot of new stuff lately, which mm. is really exciting for us. And yep. um, obviously they, they're the main sponsor of Fright Fest, which we go to and love every single year. And um, so they've they've really, like, the, this last year, I mean, I, I can't even remember how many movies they picked up immediately. It was at least half a dozen this year. Yeah. Um, and so it, it seems that their partnership only seems to be getting stronger and stronger. I mean, it's win-win for them, right? They get to sponsor this amazing festival, and they also get to pick up all these 
interesting indie movies as well. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's some that they pick up pre the yeah. festival, and some like during as well. You can tell that they're just doing these little deals throughout mm. the thing. You'd you'll just see like the odd arrow guy like making handshakes like at, like <laughs> at the bottom of a screen, and you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen soon? Like yeah. it's fun times. Like you can see that kind of happening. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. And it's it's very much like we always want to see our favorites get picked up by Arrow. Mm. Um, yeah. That was why we were obviously so excited to see Serial Killer's Guide yeah. to Life get picked up. Give me a Blu-ray. Like, yeah, oh, man. I, I need to move on from that. But I'm so, I'm so salty about it still. Like, I want a Blu-ray of that movie so much. Yeah. Like, we'll get into this release as well, this overall package, because I think it's worth talking about. But it, yeah, mm. it, it even more hammers home the fact that I just want this for that movie so badly. Yeah, um, me too. But obviously, yeah. yeah, so they they picked it up. And I, I do think, I don't know if this still happened because I was watching some of the extras from Fright mm-hmm. Fest where they were talking about this, where they were going to put it on their digital platform first. Yeah, um, they might have done. Um, yeah. Because the digital platform is very, well, at least under the radar to us. Like, yeah. I did I did kind of sob to it for a bit, but um, I just liked giving them more money to buy the physical versions because that's what Arrow is to me. 100%. Like it's a collection on my shelf. Like if I want to subscribe to a streaming platform, I've got Netflix, I've got Shudder. You know, yeah. soon I'll have Disney. Like uh-huh. I don't, I don't need an. Oh, we need on. to at some point need to talk about that. That's. Did you see the Marvel stuff from Disney? Oh, mate, I, we we can't sidetrack right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Harpoon, like this this movie, kind of perfectly arrived for us when we suddenly saw that the turn-in was no longer at cinemas and i forgot that i blind pre-ordered this the second <laughs> it got announced yeah so when this arrived i was like hello movie yeah, for the week yeah it's really handy <laughs> yeah yeah you're welcome man um hello. but obviously and this was at fright fest when we were there mm. as well um i yeah, think it was what... the the friday night slot which was like the death slot of fright fest because yeah. it was bliss on the main screen yeah this was downstairs at the prince charles whilst we were upstairs at the prince charles watching freaks <laughs> freaks i thought it was freaks yeah which was yeah. like our favorite movie from the festival yeah because um, i remember i remember this was the one where like um less than bliss because i didn't really have hype for bliss going into fright fest this was the one movie that i was annoyed that we didn't get to see yeah because this was like i knew arrow had already picked it up like this and serial killers so, like, I wanted to see both of them. And, like, yeah, I was disappointed. I mean, ultimately happy because Freaks was incredible. Yeah. But, yeah, this was the one where I was like, oh, God, why can that be in a different slot? Why can it have been in the slot before? Yeah, and this was one that, like, there was a lot of posters for this mm-hmm. around Fright Fest yeah. in general. I think it was the yeah. poster I probably saw the most as well because it's very eye-catching. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was one that was, like, definitely on our radar at Fright mm. Fest. And, obviously, we forgot about it. But now we get to talk about it, which is awesome. Mm. And we'll obviously get into all that with the with the Arrow yeah. stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, what, mm. what is this movie actually about then? Yeah, so it's kind of this this kind of rivalry and tension between kind of these three best friends. Um, we've got... Um, I don't know none of the characters' names. Jonah, Richard, and Sasha. Sure. So, That's what the back um, of the Blu-ray says. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This is why I needed my Blu-ray back. I made all these facts. Um, so, yeah, they're kind of these three best friends. Um, Sasha is dating one of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, basically, um, they they get into a fight very early on. That the the, um, the two kind of guy best friends, one of them thinks that he Sasha has cheated on him with the other best friend. Yeah, and they kind of get into this fight, and then in order to reconcile, um, 
he i wish i could distinct to remember the two names so, but... so richard is the is the boyfriend at the start right and okay. jonah is like the third wheel of the, right, of the yeah. three so richard's richard's kind of um a rich boy and kind of got a yeah. lot of money and uh jonah is very down on his luck and we we join him as he's just um his parents have just died and he's kind of clearing their house and he's kind of he's numb to it and just in a bit of a bad place, even though he doesn't have a great relationship with his parents and kind of Richard comes along, like first of all beats him up because he thinks that he's been sleeping with Sasha. And then yeah, to apologize, they agree to go on this um, boat trip and just to go, go out on his yacht. Cause you know, Richard's rich and uh, just drink, you know, relax and just kind of, you know, get close again as friends, I guess, kind of reconcile um, and kind of, um i guess i guess like it's difficult to avoid some sort of spoilers with this but i think it's pretty kind of obvious from even the poster um that um yeah they end up the the the, they get stranded on the yacht in the middle of the ocean yeah that's definitely not a spoiler no exactly and then it's it's difficult because you know it does happen quite a way into the movie but you you kind of can see it happening um and they end up kind of stranded and all three of them, the tensions kind of rise again, this rivalry, this hostility, you know, Sasha's not happy with Richard and, um, you know, Jonah's obviously just been beat up. So he's pretty unhappy. And like mm-hmm. Richard's just this complete like hothead as well. So it's kind of like their three tensions kind of mixing up and just as cabin fever sets in as well, like things just start to go more and more off the rails. And it's really, there's kind of, um, there's a narrator in this movie, yeah. which was interesting because the narrator is not one of the three characters. I assume the narrator would be like Jonah yeah, um, because he's kind of like the first character introduced to, but the narrator is just kind of like there to fill in the blanks. Like initially we get almost like a pause screen and he tells us about each of the characters, like a little yeah. just backstory. And then kind of throughout the movie, he'll just kind of like, quick quip over the top and give us give us little updates and stuff which is weird but other than the narrator voice there's literally only these three characters in the movie right yeah pretty sure yeah yeah um and so you know it is a real character piece of these three just kind of stranded on this yacht as cabin fever sets in yeah yeah Yeah, it's very indie like you said where it's pretty much three main actors and Mm. a vast majority of it is on one location as well Mm. yeah yeah so yeah do you want to go man um yeah i can do i I really want want, i'm curious what you think of this one like i was i was definitely excited going in um like we said before Mm. um because of all the fright fest stuff and overall like i was just i was a little bit let down um i didn't hate this movie by any stretch of imagination nor did i love it it was it was like fine and i think that was what was disappointing to me um was Mm. that i really wanted to have strong feelings on it because i had a lot of like expectation going in um I just think that there was like a few choices that they made really that kind of lost me as a viewer, especially early on. Um, I really wanted there to be more before they got to the boat. Um, I just feel like there wasn't enough there for me as a viewer to really attach myself to. Um, yeah, the narrator really... did a job of quickly introducing you to the characters to get into the action, but you yeah. you kind of wanted that backstory a little bit. Yeah, like this movie is very short, and like I said, it's very indie, and so I get why they done that. And we, you know, we've talked time and time again about movies that take too long to get going and stuff mm. like that. And this is almost a movie that feels a bit too rushed, really, because I it it gets it straight away. It's like right, has this accusation of cheating, and has this 
this big incident and now boom now we're on this boat almost immediately mm. and i didn't really get a second to really feel who the characters were what their place was in the in these relationships with the three of them and, and what was really going on and the movie does obviously try to give you more of that as the movie unfolds because, you know, it's characters stuck in one location. So they're going to spend a lot of time talking to each other mm. um, where you're learning more about them. But it was just early on. It lost me. Um, another thing that this movie is, it does, which is definitely intentional, is that pretty much everyone... Um, especially I think two of our characters are just really like not good people. In the oh, service. they're all pieces of shit. Like all three. Yeah. Of them. So, and, and uh, it's definitely intentional. And so mm. it's kind of like, and for me as a viewer and I get why they did it, but I don't like stuff like that. I think it's, yeah, we've talked I don't about really just, before. yeah. Like if you're going to make the movie, just be three pieces of shit. Like, I, I just switch off and I get that sometimes seeing horrible things happen to horrible people can be entertaining. But you need um, to root for someone. Yeah, like, and I just, I, there's no stakes to me. And so then I'm just seeing like these irritating characters. And I do want to make the distinction as well because this is one of the rare occasions where I thought the actors were very good. Um, they yeah. are just playing really awful characters. And so, like, they're doing the best with what they can work with. And you see these little small glimpses of character moments where I'm like, man, do you know what? If you just give me a little bit to root for, if you just give me a little bit more gray area, I think everything is just a bit too black and white and a bit too basic for me, um, where it's like very much these stereotypes. And then when they do try and turn them on the head, pretty much every single character turn felt so obvious and every reveal was like, right, this is going to be the moment when they flip it on its head and this is going to be who you who you maybe have empathy for, even though you don't really, because like what you said rightly, they're all pieces of shit. Mm. Um and so yeah we'll get more into kind of what what's going on but that was my main crux that was the characters unfortunately that yeah this is a character driven piece with only three characters when you make that choice to make them all seem very unlikable it just doesn't make me really like the movie and i think that was this main issue because i think it's overall pretty well made and does have some cool moments i quite liked some of the stuff in the ending as well um i did like the narrator that you mentioned as well mm. um but just all of the pieces didn't really come together for me um what, what did you think of it yeah, I think um, I'm hotter on this movie. I definitely, um, like, I can't disagree with anything you said. And there was a point in this movie where I was kind of watching it thinking, like, I really don't like any of these characters, and that's usually a problem for me. But in the yeah. end, I just kind of... Um, it, the movie kind of doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm. And it's it really feels like it is just this one big joke where it's just not not in a horrible way, but just this dark comedy, you know, where it's like it does get quite I, silly I at kind, times. Yeah, I kind of wanted it to be even more silly, to be honest. And yeah. kind of like from what the director said about it, I kind of feel like that's his take on it as well. Yeah, he just kind of wanted these three pieces of shit character in a real piece of shit situation to see them do like what they do, and like I quite enjoy that as this study where um you know as the characters get stranded they all pretty much hate each other and um that was the bit that i found quite interesting that i was like oh normally in these movies they're all gonna have to band together and in this movie they hate each other and like want to kill each other and like normally they band together and then want to kill each other like mm. i'm like these people are just going to eat each other in two seconds like what's going to happen here and i enjoyed the fact that that's not the way it went that they did kind of begrudgingly was like well we need to just survive like i hate you but we need each other like and um so like it was kind of like this different take on these survival things when these characters like begrudgingly kind of got close again um and like you know there was a point when they kind of um 
kind of discovered um, some booze that they hadn't drunk. And like, I enjoyed that scene quite a bit when they mm. kind of were, you know, kind of just like shooting the shit with each other after having a couple of drinks. And like, yeah, I just, I had a pretty good time. Like this movie, like after I watched it, I was like, I, I pretty enjoyed that. And then I was thinking to myself, would I ever watch this movie again? And like, is it going to stick with me? And I don't think it's going to stick with me. And I, I could see myself throwing this on again at some point, just because I like throwing on my Arrow films. Like, it's definitely not one of those that just will sit there. But like, it's not one that I would eagerly watch again. Yeah. Um. But you know, it it so it's tough for me. Like, I it, it really is. Like, I think it's um. It, but it but it was pretty enjoyable. And like um, because it's so short and because it gets going straight away, like it pretty much kept my attention throughout. Mm. um which is kind of you know when we're talking on the scale of indie as well like i don't know but i get the impression that this is very low on the scale of indie like this was a very low budget and like um you know all the boat stuff this movie is predominantly set on a boat in the middle of the ocean and like that all looked and felt authentic and when we got like moments of horror or gore or whatever like all of those pretty much worked for me yeah there's Um, one big moment that's very good yeah, my God, like that, that was real good. And like, yeah, yeah I, I just kind of, I respect the hell of it, out of it for nailing that. I felt like everything that it set out to achieve, it nailed. And the stuff that, like you've said, that I don't disagree with, I kind of just feel like um, I gave more of a pass to in my mind, which is just sometimes what happens with these movies. And yeah. like, I was just in for the ride. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm glad I was. And like, yeah, yeah coming out at the end of it, like pretty happy with it. What did you think, obviously, of the tone? Because we discussed it a minute ago with its, its mm. use of humour. Because that's definitely from the kind of the posters. That was the impression I got was that this was going to have this pretty zany humour tone to it. Yeah, and it's it, weird. It, it, it kind of like dabbles in it. For for me, I didn't really laugh too much at the movie. Like, did you laugh too much at any of it? No, and I think that's that's probably the biggest mismark this movie does where it kind of, it's quirky. And what was that New Zealand one we watched that I always forget the name of that you got? Oh, Mega Arab Time one? Squad. Mega Time Squad. Yeah. Like Mega Time Squad did that, but then also had hilarious parts in it. Yeah. Whereas this never got to the comedy part. It just got to the quirky, zany stuff. And like, um, it was pretty much the start that actually put me off this movie the most. Because like when the characters first started talking to each other and stuff, and especially like our... Um, lead if you like that we first get introduced to um like i just really didn't like him and like didn't like the way he was acting on screen and like mm-hmm. it and, and like it weren't until they kind of eventually got on the boat and then things like it started to happen quite quickly that like i was probably quite glad that they got on the boat when they did yeah um because at least then i was just getting to the movie part of it and and because i don't like these characters so like you know i didn't really want more of them and like because you know they're just not nice Mm. um and i kind of established what the three of them were from the fact that you know richard's just this hothead piece of shit and sasha's just this kind of trophy girlfriend that doesn't want to be a trophy girlfriend anymore and jonah is just like this begrudging best friend that doesn't like the guy but sponges off him so needs him and like that's all you really need to know about them yeah um so yeah like it's, it's a weird one i feel like in terms of i don't know whether this because because rob grant is the guy that wrote this and directed yeah. it is this his first feature or what has he done like I'm not too sure. look. um he's done a couple of stuff right like, like um, feature films yeah it looks like it, nothing i've heard of um but this is a canadian production isn't it yeah uh, sounds quite cool 
Yeah, he's done a couple of things. Like, yeah, um, yeah he did another movie in 2019 called Alive, which is All like right. a severely injured man and woman awake in an abandoned sanitarium to discover a statistic care trait taker holds them. <laughs> Sounds fun. If yeah. that statistic caretaker is richard break i am in <laughs> i was it like that not. sounds like robert england to me yeah or robert england yeah or um no, this isn't that indie this is way more indie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah yeah I, I enjoyed this movie coming back to it like i think um like i say the stuff you've said holds merit and I, I can't really disagree with any of it other than the fact that for me it was pretty enjoyable and short enough that it didn't offend me yeah, like I agree. Like I was still pretty entertained by it throughout. Mm. I was obviously frustrated at times that I was yeah. just seeing these characters that were irritable uh, or irritable. And so, like by the midway point, especially when they're really just talking to each other, I did start to kind of glaze over a bit as a viewer and be like, "Do you know what? All the shit that you're just yeah. saying to each other now, I don't really care because I don't want, I don't like any of you, and I need to just get to the bits where you start messing each other up." Yeah. Um, so and, and once that was, happened i thought that was satisfying mm, i did like those scenes fine. um i yeah. liked the ending as well um which is worth noting because you know sometimes the endings mm-hmm. don't land i thought this was a, a fun way to end this movie for sure and yeah, yeah like i just wanted there to be i wanted them to go a bit more into the wacky tone of it um yeah. obviously I think, I think we both feel the same way coming out of it that we've seen um like uh serial killer's guide to life that's obviously just dropped that yeah. was that was great in that like that kind of wheelhouse we also yeah. saw barge people that yeah lent lent into it more and this movie is a step below those where and yeah. i feel like it wouldn't have taken much to get it to that level to get it to the real good level like this is good but it could have been really good and i yeah. don't think it would have taken much because all the pieces are there like you say they've got the actors which is difficult and the guy behind the camera, you know, Rob Grant has done a good job on this and um, in directing it and writing this fun story. And it just needed a little bit more to it to, to elevate it to a real, you know, I'm, I'm comparing it to all other movies. You know, it's elevating indie, which shows yeah. that it's it's something that was good. It just needed that a bit more to be in that elite indie level yeah for sure um yeah i think it's worth mentioning as well the kind of the blu-ray package itself because obviously that's mm. how we watched it um i don't know mm. how much you dabbled into the special features um i watched the fright fest stuff yeah which is pretty much all of it and i think it's mm. great honestly i think it's worth mentioning because yeah that was the reason mm. why we were obviously pulled towards this movie yeah. and for me this is this to me is exactly what i want from uh, a new release from arrow um especially when it's a you know at fright fest like you say this is exactly what i would have wanted for a serial killer's guide to life oh my god i um, want that i wanted that again like especially the story behind it like i really wanted that post film interview like yeah. caught on film on a blu-ray like that would have been sick yeah and like they definitely they filmed it when we were there for mm. sure um yeah. and so yeah like it's worth uh for people that don't know yeah the, the special features include kind of the fright fest premiere of this movie which included the introduction and the post q a so that's mm. what you get for most of the movies that you go see at fright fest and we obviously talk about it on our fright fest specials but it really adds a different flavor to the movie yeah especially yeah. when it's these small indie productions because you just don't get that in any other way um you know we saw like the world premiere of serial killer's guide and then immediately get to see the director come out and talk about it you know and the star of the movie is just gave birth to his child and that is like a special thing that makes you enjoy the movie more like you can't take that away from our experience and so having that on the blu-ray i think just really adds to it but uh, but yeah going back to this movie um that was really enjoyable before you do as well i was just gonna say that like um we talk at nauseam about fright fest and like a lot of people listen to this podcast and don't necessarily 
get to go to Fright Fest. And so it's yeah. awesome that these Blu-rays exist because like pick up the Harpoon Blu-ray. Yeah. Like literally before I you felt even like watch I had the that movie. Experience now. Yeah. Before you even watch the movie, stick on the introduction, watch the introduction, the Fright Fest introduction, watch the movie, watch the Q and A. And like, mm-hmm. you're getting as close to a home experience of Fright Fest as you can, which is Definitely. cool. Like, yeah. you know, obviously you're not getting the crowd and everything, but you're at least getting that part of it. And I think that's awesome that Arrow putting that out. 100% like I think that was my favorite part about all of this is that we mm. were there that night but we were upstairs watching a different yeah. film and now we got to see what happened downstairs we got yeah. to see the movie you get to see the post Q&A and all that stuff and then yeah there are some extra interviews kind of him on the red carpet at Fright Fest was nice to see as well mm. um, there's a short making of documentary which you don't really see for many indie stuff so that's pretty cool um, yeah, and then rather time. pretty funny as well did you see the two audio commentaries that are on here no I didn't see who they were and no. I so the first one is the writer and director Rob Grant uh, with right. two of his producers. Um, the second one is described as a director's psychedelic audio commentary by Rob Grant. Um, and he mentions this in, I believe, the post Q&A, where he says um, uh, in his great accent as well, um, yeah. oh, basically, I just took some magic mushrooms and watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And then sat down and recorded this commentary. And I listened to a little bit of it as well at the start. And he's like, well, I just uh, took some magic mushrooms. I'm just going to see when they kick in. So uh, enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that is brilliant that they done that just for this like small release. Like, and yeah, like overall, I thought he came across so well in all the extras and talking about tonally where I didn't laugh at the movie. I had a smile on my face throughout and I laughed so much during all that stuff. And so that just shows you that like this guy is beaming with personality. Um, mm. And I wish there was a little bit more of that in the movie. Yeah, because definitely. overall the movie came across as a little bit kind of um, shy really at times and, and didn't have this like um, ability mm. to get across personality at times. Um, yeah. And so that would be my one criticism is that this guy is clearly awesome and I want to see more from him. Um, yeah. I, I, I just want to see that on screen. Great step forward though. Like he will learn to get his personality out hopefully within these yeah. movies. Um, and to be honest, like this, this sort of movie is very difficult because his his comedy that came across in those making of, uh, unlike any of these characters that he's written for this yeah, movie, hundred um, percent. So, like, you know, the comedy has to come from elsewhere. But yeah, yeah no, I, I really enjoyed the presentation of that part as well. Hundred um, percent. Um, so yeah, yeah, obviously for recommendations, give me that serial killers, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, for that alone, what I've just touched upon, like, if you want a bit of a Fright Fest experience, like, pick up this Blu-ray and, and watch it that way, and that's that's cool. And, like, and you're going to see a fun film, like, mm. so, you know, uh, that alone, like, just watching this film anyway, I think it's I think it's fun enough to give a watch to, you know, especially if you're an indie fan, like, this is this is still, you know, this, this is, you know, up there in that indie pot. You know, it's one of those ones that's looking to jump out. Like, this guy, I think, will jump out and do more things. Yeah, um, I I pretty much agree. I would say that as the the movie itself, I would, mm. in terms of a recommendation, I would have it as like a lower rental. Yeah. Um, kind of like villains for me would be like a high rental. Um, and yeah. then we have like obviously stuff like Lighthouse is just like see in any way, shape, or form immediately. And then obviously stuff like The Grudge that like don't see it all. I would say yeah. this for me is like a lower rental. Like yeah, if you like the sound of the premise and you like you any horror, check it out. But I wouldn't be like yeah. go and rush to see. Oh, it. you don't have to see this. But movie. the problem is I think the way i watched it now post fright fest is the best way to watch it i think the mm. blu-ray is a fantastic release and i wouldn't necessarily say you should go out and buy it for the film but the overall presentation really added it to me so like i'm torn because i really 
that was a great way to watch it for me. And I don't think I'd have had as good a time had I just watched the movie in and of itself, if I'd have just rented it on a platform and not definitely. seen any of the extras. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's why like overall I ended up hotter on it. Just like, it, yeah. Like I almost wish I'd have watched the director's Q and a first, to be honest. Yeah. Like, because I would have got more of what he was trying to go tonally. Like after he, after he spoke, I was like, Oh, I could mm. see where you're going with this more. Like, yeah, it was like, it doesn't make me think I'm probably going to throw this movie back on. Like, I think you should watch it with the psychedelic commentary because that's why I, I don't know whether I'm prepared for that. Like, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of Harpoon. Uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, obviously to round us out this week, um, I have seen watching? I've seen quite a few things. I don't know if you've seen anything as well, but um, I saw that Dracula finally to like just put yeah, a pin did. in this conversation because obviously we've been talking about it over the last few weeks um, with very mixed feelings on the first mm. two episodes. And obviously I've seen episode three. I'll try not to go into spoilers, but um, yeah, feel the same pretty much. Very mixed bag again. The whole overall episode. There are so many things that I think they excel and do so well, <laughs> and then I think there are just so many things that are just awful and like i almost it's unbelievable to me that this is like the same people that made it all because being consistently inconsistent is quite impressive um generally that wouldn't happen you know you're either like that's a great name for an album (laughs) yeah it's definitely a band name as well um yeah but like that to me is impressive it's like the fact the fact that I had the same issues with all three episodes kind of mm. blows me away, really, because I thought there would either be one that I just hated or one that I really loved. And overall, I'm like, no, they were all good. They all have great moments and they all have terrible moments as well. Mm. Um, mm. I think this one starts super strong, which is different yeah. to the last two. I think this one's more front loaded than back loaded, like the previous 100%. two. Um, I loved like the change of direction that they went. It was something that I desperately wanted in the get go going into the series. Um, so to finally get that, it was great. I think the payoff was worth it. I loved all of the cool little new things that they introduced with his character in this new setting. Thought yeah. that was all great. Um, we then spend again way too much time on a subplot. Um, which ultimately is completely irrelevant. Um, I get what they're going for, and they've been trying to do this in all three episodes, this concept of a bride for Dracula. Um, I just didn't think it worked in any of the three episodes. And this one I think was even worse because it took up so much time. It's especially in the finale it takes up so much time time in the finale that i almost thought that like are they actually going to conclude dracula the story or is it i was expecting yeah well i was expecting like a just it to end in it to be like a to be continued like later Mm. on in the year let's Mm. see the rest of this because yeah we get this this subplot which takes up so much time it ends abruptly even though it goes on for ages and then the show realizes oh my god we've got like six minutes left to somehow end the Dracula story, which has been the main story of the three episodes. Mm. And again, it's impressive to me that they took four and a half hours for this and they still yeah, rushed the, the end in. <laughs> like they still were like, oh shit, we need to quickly um, remember all the rules of Dracula that we've been teasing. Here's the outcome to that. That's interesting. End. Boom. It's finished. Yeah. And I was like, how was, how did you rush the conclusion to this? Like I was so they frustrated were, with the end. They were teasing so much in this show that like what, rules what conventional rules of dracula yeah. work with him and like mm-hmm. what do they actually mean for this dracula as a character as well yeah um 
you know, there were moments when she'd say to him, like, why are you scared of cross, man? Like, yeah. what, why? Like, and why can't you look like, at your reflection and all these yeah, things? Yeah. And like, and, um, I enjoyed that. And then like the way that, yeah, they just kind of threw it back so quickly. And, um, yeah, I, I was frustrated like by the ending and just how mm. quickly like the Dracula character kind of got his conclusion of this story. It just felt, it didn't feel deserved or, um, you know, uh, kind of earned because it just it just happened and like mm. it just felt anticlimactic to me. It felt like it, it was meant to be this big like romantic, you know, big kind of send off, and it just felt to me like he just got a bit bored and gave up. Yeah, hundred percent. That's how I felt. The writers felt as well. It was just he was just like, no, I've you know, I've I've experienced an iPhone now. Like, yeah, it was so disappointing because some of the stuff they set up, especially like the use of blood in this episode Mm. and how certain characters use blood and how the effect that has on Dracula, was so cool. And like initially, like um, this is a mild spoiler, but he does bite a character and then is then has this kind of like reaction Reaction. to it. And uh, and I immediately was like, oh, they come up with this way to you know put something in your blood that like it means he can't like attack you or whatever mm-hmm. and that's I honestly thought it was like garlic or something like, yeah i, like, I, I don't even know how that works but... i thought it was gonna be some sort of repellent so i was like oh that's yeah. genius like you you've now become like almost bulletproof to him where he can't like just sink his teeth into you at any time yeah um so he would have to do other stuff to hurt you and um I mean, it's not snap the... your fucking neck like, i was gonna say yeah <laughs> um, but that's not the direction they go they actually go All in right. a different direction which again had so much potential but then it just gets revolved resolved so quickly mm. and then like there's like a character in this show this young male character that we're introduced to first <laughs> yeah he's the most fucking irrelevant character i've ever seen yeah in show and ever. he sucks he sucks he shows up just to get us to another character he keeps showing up in the episode he makes no consequence on any of the action and then he just leaves it's like I, um, mind-boggling i watched that episode in two sittings and mm. i paused it like as we got introduced to that character and when i started it up again I watched it for five minutes. I paused it because I thought I'd opened the wrong show. I'm not, I shit you not. Like the bit when he's like going to work and then going to the the nightclub and stuff. Because you don't see Dracula for ages. And then I I was like, no. And all of those scenes are completely irrelevant. They don't tie it back to that in any way, shape or form. I I still was like, I think my iPad is playing the wrong show. So I closed (laughs) the app, reopened it. I then started playing it and I was like, no, I still don't believe it. So I like rewound it to the point that Dracula was in it. And it was like, okay, this must be it. Like, honestly, Mm. it confused the hell out of me because I was like, it just felt so out of context. And like, what, what's going on? Yeah. It's a 10 minute scene where he goes to work, feels sorry for himself and goes to a nightclub feeling sorry for himself. Yeah. Like this, this episode more than any had the most, the worst stuff in it. And it also had mm. some really awesome stuff. So it had overall, the best stuff as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Like I don't, I really like the setting of this one more than anything, but I mm. think the, the, the conclusion of episode one was still probably my favorite collection of scenes overall. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was difficult, man. And yeah, overall, like I am slightly disappointed because I think there are so many awesome elements here and I still think it's decent to watch. Um, the one consistent throughout all of it is the performance of Dracula. Yeah, um, the the actor i think is klaus bang which is a great name um yeah. is so good and it's one of those performances almost like um bear with me here but zach efron last year where we were like man 
this guy did such a good performance of Ted Bundy in a really boring film. <laughs> and I really wish he would have had just a better film because mm-hmm. then we would have been talking about it, like all of the great performances last year and actual great movies. And sadly, it was just never going to stack up. And, th- and this reminds me here, he's an amazing Dracula in a really mixed bag of a TV show, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I feel sorry for him more than anyone. Yeah, um, I'd love to see him play Dracula again. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I-, I would love to see that. And I would like to see them give this another stab, really. Just like, they just need need to sort out so much <laughs> just stop dicking around and like just give us the dracula stuff um and stop wasting time on these inconsequential characters um i want rob zombies dracula <laughs> do you <laughs> <laughs> you know as opposed to really? dracula yeah are we really already at that time now where we can start like speculating about what his next movie is mate it never stops for me <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. i need to, i need to just take some time off because i'm still just like i just want to drink in free from hell for as long as possible like, I'm yeah not ready to you're move right from that movie. yeah you're right um but yeah next up just rather quickly because i did uh, discuss obviously watchmen um over mm. the last few weeks um and i know you hopefully you're going to watch it as well um got it ready to go but uh yeah obviously i said i was going to watch the film uh, which i have done i've watched the film and read the comic and um yeah Jeez. overall um, I like the film quite a bit, actually. It's very long. Um, it's like free. So I watched the director's cut, um, which apparently is the best version of the movie. Got there a was really a th- big director, right? Yeah, Zack Schneider. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is crazy because I think it was his third movie. He did he did Dawn of the Dead and Three Hundred, which I saw when they came out and loved both those movies, and then never saw Watchmen. And I'm pretty sure the next movie after this was Man of Steel. Um, right. So obviously, it, Patrick Wilson's in it as well, right? Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty crazy cast. Like Negan from Walking Dead is in it as well, plays nice. a major character. Carlo Gigino is in it. Um, loads of really awesome actors. Um, but yeah, like the movie is very good. Oh, this um, is what Jackie Earl Haley was in yes. as well, wasn't it? That like yes, got he, in his like he plays a hugely important character and he is very good as well. Yeah, um, this was kind of like what got him the legs for like Freddy in the end, I think. Like, I think so because it was about the same time, and it is. There's some yeah. very similar, um, you know, stuff with this character and Freddy. God for sure. Damn it! You kind of make me want to watch that movie now. Well, it's interesting. <sighs> like overall, would I recommend it? Probably. I think it's a pretty entertaining movie. It does a good enough job of explaining that world and those characters, and it's a fairly good adaptation. Um, obviously, in regards to the TV show, like it's not. I think one thing that I didn't talk about with the TV show, which is relevant, is that the TV show is a sequel to Watchmen um to the comic book um so obviously and this is an adaptation of that but you don't necessarily need to have seen the film or read the comic to know that um you know i hadn't yeah. when i first watched the tv show and um you you get some stuff for sure and but the show does such a great job i think of telling you the stuff that you really need to know and then the other stuff is just added extra if you want to know that stuff um so i would say like for sure like going into the tv show like I liked my experience of not knowing anything because I didn't bring any baggage. Um, I yeah, liked the, I'm definitely going to do it that way. I liked the reveals as well. Like there are certain characters who now I know who they were and had I seen the movie or read the comic, like you immediately see this big character throughout the season. And for me, I had no idea who he was. Whereas if you've mm. seen the stuff before, you would know exactly who that is straight away. Yeah. Um, so I like those reveals as, the, as time goes on. Um, but yeah, overall, enjoyed the movie. The only thing I didn't like was they changed the ending for some unknown reason, and uh, I don't like I don't like the ending. Was of it the set film. in the Overlook? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Um, <laughs> fucking ending of that movie is going to haunt us forever. I'm just going to open my bathroom door, and the ending of that movie is going to be there. Um, 
<laughs> so they changed the ending and i don't know why i don't like the ending of the movie it doesn't make sense to me in that world um and also the ending of the comic is pretty much the only canon bit that you need to know going into the tv show um, because it's like this big event that that happened in the 80s in new york and obviously the tv show is now set oh, mostly in modern day <laughs> so it's pretty similar um but uh yeah so overall i don't know why he made that change but yeah it's it's a fun movie so i do think it's mm. worth it kind of as a companion piece okay. but yeah overall like i would still recommend yeah. the tv show more than anything it's like i can't stop show, thinking, man i can't yeah, stop I'm thinking watching. about it like i'm already thinking i might just rewatch it because it was that good yeah um but yeah and then also have you watched anything as well because i do have one other thing but i'd rather if you've watched anything what did i watch oh i watched some more witcher like oh yeah that's pretty much it so far like i'm definitely more into it like um how far are you now to be like episode six now yeah um the last few was a bit of a blur to me they kind of all went into one have you seen the one about the dragon yet no i don't think it's it's like the witcher and a group of people like hunting this dragon that's a cool um yeah like i just like it when it's kind of this monster of the week like my favorite one was when the so far when I think I already spoke about it with like oh, the um there's a really girl good one, that yeah. was like um you know this kind of werewolf kind of type monster that was in this dungeon and like I just like when they're like um it's just the Witcher hunt and these really cool creatures yeah. because the creature designs all look fantastic and like and like Cavill being this badass Witcher fighting is amazing yeah when he's sitting there like grumpy talking I'm like I could do without this yeah um, so like yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely into the show like way more than i was um and so i feel like the more i watch it the more i'm into it and so i can see where the hype's coming from for it mm. um so yeah like it's it's good stuff like it's not it's kind of and i can see why it's scratching that itch that people might have for, like this game of throney type thing it's an itch that i personally didn't have um but like i can see that if people are hungry for that that they can jump onto this and be even more into it yeah yeah like yeah, I agree. I just, it's, like i enjoyed it and i i do i do think that it is at its best when it is like a monster of the week type yeah. thing um mm. but the problem is i really like the world and the law yeah and so yeah, then you kind of it's like they have to spend time on that as well and i still only have a very small grasp of this world and its rules but then i also mm. just want to see him kicking ass and, and killing monsters um so yeah. it's almost one of those things where i should probably like read up on the world more and then just enjoy i'm just the, like the show i'm just like is. i should probably just play the game like, yeah, I've got, I've got it, 120 yeah. hours, right? Yeah, I bought it. I bought the Game of the Year edition. <laughs> Same. I really want to like start it for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Is that it? have you not been watching any? Because I know you bought that Edge of Axe. I don't know if you'd seen that. One, yeah. No, not yet. I've I've had a couple of large drinking sessions instead. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We'll leave that off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I no, I did watch... throw you a curveball to really put you off track. Good <laughs> work. <laughs> I'm used to it. Um, I did watch one other movie, which um, got a little bit of hype a few months ago, and has just now come to Netflix UK, um, which is Uncut Gems. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not watching that. Uh, well, really? Why not? <laughs> I just It's the Adam Sandler one, right? Yeah. Do you not like him? No. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I can't so, be doing with him. For me, like uh, as a as a side note, I grew up on the Adam Sandler movies and was a huge fan of his. I um, I liked his old stuff, but he's one of these guys that like I just don't need to see any more of, like Jim yeah. Carrey. Like I've seen enough of them. And oh, I see. Yeah, I know stuff. we disagree on that as well because I'll just yeah. I love Jim all every every form of Jim Carrey. Um, oh my god, looking forward to that Sonic movie. Um, but uh, yeah, no, back to Uncut Gems. Obviously, people really like love this movie, and it was one of the classic like 
uh, award ceremony snobs as it were where people were so like oh how did this movie not get nominated for this this and this um overall the movie's good i enjoyed it it definitely has a lot of issues um i liked adam sandler quite a bit in it obviously i am a fan of his anyway even though i don't watch any of his new movies because i'm just not into like that comedy anymore um but growing up like i say i was a huge fan of his as a kid and i think that his performance in this one's an interesting one because I think he, he does a good performance, but it doesn't like blow me away. And I feel like a lot of people are bringing to this that they just think he's not a good actor, which I just fundamentally disagree with. Mm. Um, and I do think as well, it stems from the fact that I just think in general, comedy actors don't get the credit they deserve. Um, so when yeah. someone does something that isn't comedy, everyone's like <clears throat> loses their mind and is like, oh my God, you can actually act. And it's like these people, the Bill Haders as well, Seth Rogen, all these people, like actual current comedy actors, they're all fucking good actors in their own right. They just yeah. choose to do comedy and make you laugh. And I think that... To me, that is like, it goes in line with horror a lot of how like you oh know, horror God, gets yeah. disrespected all the time. I definitely think comedy actors overall don't get the credit they deserve just as actors. Comedy gets shat on as a genre way more than horror does. Yeah. Like, <laughs> predominantly. Yeah. Uh, That's what's crazy to see like Jojo Rabbit has been doing good at the award ceremonies mm. as this comedy film. But, um, yeah. but yeah, to bring it back to this. Like, so yeah, to me, it was a non-shocking performance where I think a lot of people were shocked. I just thought he was really good and it was uh, it was what I expected. And the movie is interesting. It definitely goes on for too long um yeah that's what design, put me off as well the audio design is the one thing that stood out for me is the absolute worst i think i've seen in a movie in ages where it's a weird one to describe if you've not seen it but the entire movie is a lot of people kind of shouting angrily at each other and there's a lot of like shouting and swearing and arguments going out on front mm -hmm. movie and the way they portray that with the audio is like you can just hear little bits of snippets of conversations and it's very hard like the first scene he he, he runs this jeweler jewelers and so there's like a lot of people like shouting and arguing in the shop like about 20 different people and it's very hard to pick up which threads of the conversation you're supposed to be hearing like what's adam saying who's he talking to and there are some scenes that, that are better but like overall i really struggled to just hear what characters were saying a lot of times with very thick accents as well um so that was the thing that just like really turned me off from this movie um but overall it was entertaining for sure um yeah. it, i definitely think it was overrated with kind of like the impression that people gave it um but it was cool to see because it was an a24 release in the us and obviously netflix in the uk um and it was like i think their biggest ever movie because obviously they only released like smaller movies um so yeah it's i think it's worth a watch for sure if you're into that kind of like it reminded me a little bit of those kind of like lock stocky type movies where it's not massively comedy in that sense but it's like seeing these dumb characters get into these yeah this kind of like dumb gangster stuff unfold yeah or, the kind or not of, even gangster just like criminal world the, yeah they think they're gangsters for sure yeah, um, exactly. but yeah gangsters. and it's like as it escalates more and more and more things get more and more over the top and like i think it pays off satisfyingly so i think overall it's a good movie for that and yeah he is good for sure but i think people saying like mm. he should have been nominated for the oscar i'm like no <laughs> like there is enough people that were genuinely snubbed and i don't think this is in that conversation but that's just my opinion mm. um play, but yeah that's pretty much it for this week um obviously next week we should be back in the cinema potentially Should we? if they uh choose to actually put it in because I, I think underwater is supposed to be out this week yeah so men, uh it's meant to be but who the hell knows man so yeah that's coming out and i think the uh daniel isn't real is another arrow film that's mm. coming out as well that was obviously at fright fest are you are you picking that one up um i don't know like i i don't think i've pre-ordered it that's not yeah. to say that i haven't um <laughs> yeah. but no i don't, you don't even it know this one point. it was it was definitely one that like got quite a lot of buzz at fright fest and one mm. that i personally didn't gravitate towards 
Yeah, and um, obviously, I think it did come out digitally last year, similar to Harpoon. Hmm. So obviously, because I think it was on our radar even late last year as one that we yeah, were thinking about cramming that in. That one definitely did come out on their streaming platform. Yeah, but it was obviously it gets the proper release, doesn't it? I think this week yeah. or next week. So it'd be nice to see if there are any cool extras in there for sure. Did, um, do we know if that weird screening local to us is available? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing was very odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, so hopefully, yeah. Well, I guess we'll be seeing one of those. That is looking like underwater anyway. And then when is mm. Invisible um, Man coming out? That's like in this month, isn't it? It's soon, man. Like I feel like it's definitely February. So mm. like we're in February. Yeah, that's like definitely the it's next a short big month one. as well. Yeah, it really is. Um, so yeah, that's the next big one that I'm like, oh, okay, there's one on the horizon that I'm looking forward to. It's not just like doldrums into a quiet place. Like there is there are some releases coming out for sure. Twenty eighth, apparently. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we've got a couple more weeks before then. Um, yeah. But, yeah, stay tuned, and hopefully we'll be talking about that Saw 9 next week. Cannot wait. Um, fingers call crossed. it by its correct title. Or yeah, Saw 9, that's what its title is. No other titles have been announced so far. Codename Saw 9. Okay, man. <laughs> but, yeah, that was episode 182, where we talked about Harpoon. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start that?